Uh, at this time, we're going to have a trio of ladies come and sing for you. So, first of all, we celebrate the fact that 27 years ago, a group of people met together in Holly Springs for the first time and said, we think maybe God could use us to start a church. We also celebrate the fact that uh, 27 years later, we have for the first service in a second new building that we built. Last week I talked about things that change and I want to remind you of a few things. This is a picture of, uh, let me have the guys throw it up here. This is a picture of the church that no longer exists in Holly Springs. Now, this is what the inside of it looked like uh, in 1990. Um, that was the entire building deal. Uh, I came in 1992 um, well, in 1990, here's the group that, uh, this is not, not the whole group, but this is a, this is a, about ha- a little over half of them, and I'll, you can figure out who's who. Um, um, see, Dan didn't have hair even back then. Um, <laughs> but uh, this was the group, this was a good part of the group that started this thing out and just said, let's see what is going to happen. Now, in 1992, I came. Um, this was me <laughs> and my children. And every, the guy, they keep giving me a hard time. They're like, we hired a child. And I'm like, well, you guys were children too. Um, this whole place was started by a bunch of children. Um, and then uh, we, uh, this is a picture of our last service in the old bill. Our, our, oh, here's, a, here's a Sunday school class back in 1992, 93. Uh, this is, this, that was the whole group. There we are. Uh, and then uh, this was our last service in the old building uh, when we moved out of there, just like kind of what we did last week. And this was our first service in the, in the old building over there. Um, and notice it's full. We're like all the way back to the dividers. Um, and that was our first service in the, the old building. Um, I think that's it, right? Oh, no. Yeah. And then this is the new building. This was uh, taken uh, this week. So uh, that was, I think, Friday or something like that. So anyway. All right, guys. Go ahead. Go to black screen. I want to talk a little bit about... Last week, we talked about things that change. This week, we're going to talk about things that don't change. Um, In 1990, it was a very different world when this church started. Uh, Gas was $1.34 a gallon. The Hubble telescope had just gone into place for the first time. Microsoft had just released Windows 3.1, or 3.0, I'm sorry. People, for the first time, were learning to use a mouse. Okay, because I was teaching computers at the time. And so the reason, by the way, Microsoft put Minesweeper and Solitaire on, Minesweeper taught you how to click on the one size box that would never change. Solitaire told you how to click and drag. Those were all new concepts. Up until then, everything was menu driven. Um, As far as technology goes, we had just released the first 16 megabyte chip. And we were excited. And some of you are going, what does that mean? Computer people know. Um, GPS. Pioneer put the first GPS in a car in 1990. Uh, As far as movies go, Home Alone had just come out. Dances with Wolves, Ghost, Pretty Woman, Hunt for Red October. Those were the hot movies of that year. Um, Millie Vanilli. Remember the lip-syncing thing at the Grammys? Millie Vanilli. That was the year, folks. Um, The iPhone would not come for another 17 years. Back then, we recorded stuff on cassettes, and then people started using CDs. 
And that'd be another 10, 13 years before MP3 or digital music came into play. A lot has changed over five years. At that time, Gateway was uh, about five years old. Gateway uh, 2000, Gateway, the company, the computer company, they had just started online retail sales. It was a big thing. Uh, that company was only about five years old at the time. Lots changed. Unfortunately, what's happened in our culture is a lot of churches have changed too. And they've started looking at the culture and they've started saying, well, if that's what's acceptable in the culture, then maybe we need to make it acceptable in the churches. And the problem with that is there are some things that shouldn't change. There are some things that just shouldn't change. Because we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The fact that we love a God who doesn't change is important. And so this morning, what I want to do is I kind of want to take a step back a little bit. And I want to talk about some things that were founded, foundational to this church starting And 27 years later are still true, and it's our prayer that 27 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now are still true. When this church was started, um, it was, first of all, a lot of the people involved in it were young Christians. They didn't know a lot of Bible. They didn't know a lot about how to do church. Um, They were just trusting God to lead them. And so one of the key verses, and it's the foundational verse for this church, is Acts chapter 2. Um, in verse 42. And let me give you a little background. The church had just started in Acts chapter 2. A bunch of people, this is about 40, 50 days after Jesus um, uh, has uh, ascended. It's Pentecost. Uh, A lot of people come to know Christ. In the early church, they weren't called Christians until much later. When they first, the early, early people, the people who first started gathering together, They were called people of the way because they believed that Jesus Christ was the only way, the only truth, and the only life. So all they knew about God was the fact that, you know what, we're going to put our faith and trust in in a resurrected. They knew that he he died, that he was buried, that he rose again, and that that he was still alive. So they put their faith and trust in him. And they were called people of the way for a long time. And when these people got saved and they put their faith and trust in Christ, one of the things that happened was... (sighs) They kind of started saying, you know, we need to gather together to encourage each other and help each other and be together. So this thing that we know today as the church kind of gets rolling. And Acts chapter 2 verse 42 gives us some tremendous insight to how these people originally started out. And so it became a foundation for this ministry. And here's what it says. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching, fellowship, breaking up bread into prayer. And there it is. That's what we try to do every week. First of all, it starts out very simply, they themselves. And that may not seem like a big deal to you, but what we're talking about is we're talking about Christian people. We're talking about people who have realized that they cannot get to heaven on their own. They're putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. These people got together and they knew that they, were, they, they needed to grow and they needed to learn. And so they started gathering together. And when they gathered together, the question is, what do we do? Do we just have like a social club thing? Do we just sit around and talk? Do we sit around and drink coffee and eat cookies? I mean, you know, what do we do? One of the things that they started doing was exactly what this verse says. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You see, you got to realize at this point in history, there is no Bible. A Bible like you have in your hands, a Bible like you have in your phone, or a Bible like you have at home. Really, you need to understand that until about the 1600s, the average person could not have a Bible. 
And the reason was they were incredibly expensive. They were all hand copied. When the printing press came out, that changed everything. When King James decided to put it in the language, in the English language, that changed everything. Because up until then, even if you had a Bible, it was in Hebrew, Greek, Latin, or Aramaic. So unless you knew those languages, you couldn't read it for yourself. You had to come to a church or a a synagogue or a chapel or whatever, and somebody had to tell you what it said. You'll go into a church and you'd see windows and you'd see paintings, and those windows and paintings would tell you the Bible stories. Because basically most of the people, a lot of the people were illiterate, and the people who were literate couldn't own it. So they had to trust the, 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 the church hierarchy to teach it to them. And so what we have in our hands today is this incredible thing called the Bible, which has this, the, the teachings of Christ and the apostles and, and the prophets and, and the Old Testament. And the church said, when we get together, what we're going to do is we're going to do everything we can to learn about those things. We want to know what, the, what, what God wants us to know. Our sign says Holly Springs Bible. The Bible's important to us. It's very important to us. We believe that the Bible gives us the answers for life. We believe the Bible points to Christ. We believe that the Bible teaches us much about Jesus Christ. And so for us, the Bible's very, very important. We believe that the Bible becomes the standard. Not culture. Not society, not what the waves of, 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 of the cultural climate are for the day. We believe the Bible is it. Last week, we came in and swept this all out and mopped this and got this all clean. And on Tuesday, we laid carpet. And let me tell you about Monday night. Was it Monday night? Was it Monday night we were? Monday? Huh? Sunday night. Let me tell you about Sunday night. Sunday night, a few people met up here. And they put down one square of carpet. Took about an hour and a half. Now on Tuesday, we put down almost 3,500 square feet of carpet in about four or five hours. But that about where Chuck's sitting. So it's somewhere out here in the middle. And there was a lot of measuring and laser levels and everything else. Because you see, everything, every piece of carpet on that main floor went off of that tile. If that was off. You realize if it's off a sixteenth of an inch, that by the time you go out 60 feet, it's off a couple of inches? See, that, that one, you don't, you, you don't pay attention to it, but I got news for you. If we just came in and threw it in the middle of the floor and walked away, you'd be noticing it this morning. Because you see, it's so easy to get off track, and that's what you watch churches do today, and that's what you've watched people do, because they haven't had something to say, okay, this, everything comes off of this. This is the center, and for us, it's the Bible. So it doesn't matter what culture says is okay. It doesn't matter what, what, what the trends are. We sit back and we go, what does the Bible say? That needs to be our guideline. That needs to be the thing we're going to center everything off of. Not a denomination, not a, not a trend. We're, we're, we're going to trust to see what God has for us. And we believe some very, very clear things about the Bible, too. We believe it should be understandable. You know, one of the reasons I like having little kids in here? Because... I try to make it so a third grader can understand what we're talking about on a Sunday morning. Because I figure if a third grader can get it, that means I can get it. Because you see, and I have parents, we've had parents over the years, you know, they go, well, don't you have like a children's thing where like we can shove the kids off? And I'm like, you know, there, there's a place for that. And there may come a day we have to do that. But right now we don't have to do that. and We don't want to do that. Because I, I tell parents, I said, time out, let me ask you something. I said, will you just trust me here a little bit? 
I said, give it two months. I said, we've got little bags back there for stuff for them to play around on the floor on. You bring toys. You let them color on the floor. You let them do their thing. And then ask them what we talked about. And you know what you'll find? You'll find that they learn more than you do. Because, you know, how often have you guys seen it? I've asked a question about something I said a week or two ago, and some little kid sitting on the floor yells out the answer. You know, and why? Because we believe the Bible should be understandable, and we work hard to do that. We believe it should be incredibly practical. We believe that what you hear on a Sunday, you should be able to go out and practice and do right away. So that's important to us. We believe that it changes your life. We believe that the principles in the Word of God will help you be a better parent, a better spouse, a better employer, a better employee. I believe that it will actually help you be a better driver. Now, I'm not there yet because I'm still working on it, but you learn things like patience and obedience and things like that. Uh, because you have to learn that, you know, the Bible is uh, it's practical. It, it, it's useful in, in, in every day. I believe it's complete. I don't think we have to add anything to it. And so that's, that was a foundation from this church for their beginning. I mean, listen, there were Bible studies that went for hour upon hour because these people didn't know what the Bible said. So they would study and they would do and, 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 and there was this desire to know it. And so that's how it started 27 years ago, and it's still the center of what we do 27 years later. It will continue to be the center. It won't change. The second thing is the idea of it says that they continued fellowship. It says Holly Springs Bible Fellowship. We believe fellowship's important. We believe and we try to make this place like a family. Now, you go, oh, that's not a good thing. You know, my family's dysfunctional. We are too. <laughs> my family doesn't have their act together. Neither do we. We've always got that one person. Yeah, we do too. In fact, we got lots of them. Um, why? Because we believe that we're all, like I said at the end, we're all in this together. And so we, 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 we're going to learn to work together, and we're going to learn to encourage each other together, and we're going we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna to overlook stuff, and we're going to try to see a heart rather than the actions, and we're going to try to work together with each other. And that's so important. You know, I, I think so many times we get the idea that, you know, well, you know, I can't come to that church because, you know, I don't have my act together. Well, if you get your act together, this ain't the place for you then. Because we're all in a process of learning and growing. Anybody that wants is welcome to come in those doors. But we don't want anybody to be the same after a year. Because we believe the Word of God helps us to grow, and we believe the fellowship of believers helps us to grow. And we all try to work and change on things that make us better people and more like the image of Christ. So we come, everybody's welcome to come as you are, but I hope none of us stay the same. That's not what we want for any of us, myself included. You know, guys will tell you who've been up here working, you know, they've watched me change and grow and develop over the, over the last, this project too. You know, this past couple of weeks, you know, they're like, hey, pastor, what do you think about this? I don't care. Just do whatever you want. Um, there's some things I care about. Still haven't let go of those. That's a control thing. I'll get, I'll get there. But we've learned that, you know what? 
we protect the unity here. We try to work together. And, and, and you know, we get somebody coming in wanting to cause a problem. Let me tell you something. It, you're going to have a problem with this. Because we're in it together. And, and, and a critical spirit is not something we want. You know, anybody can criticize. Anybody can find stuff to pick apart. That is, it, it, anybody can do that. But real, real people help each other. They're not going to be critical. They're going to come alongside and try to help somebody in an area that they're struggling with. We desire a church that fellowships and we get together. And I tell you what, that, that, that's the thing I think on the building thing more than anything else that we're going to miss is the fact that we would sit around and talk. And a lot of the pictures, you know, I mean, you'd watch guys just sitting around talking, you know, because it didn't become about the project. It became about the relationships and the people. So, you know, there's one, and again, I have different favorite pictures, but one kept coming up with, it was Chuck and Carl, okay? You guys were digging this hole over there. Every time I looked over there, you guys were just talking, <laughs> you know? I mean, and I'm sure they were talking about fishing, but anyway, they were just sitting there talking, you know, they were sitting there talking. And, and, and it's kind of funny because it's one of those things where normally it's like, come on, guys, get the whole dog, let's move on. Um, but it's one of those things, no, 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 that's, who cares about the hole? We're building relationships. We're, we're, we're working together. And that's what, that's what we want. That's why, you know, look, that, that crazy time we just had where everybody's in here and I'm up here like a, like a maniac going, hey, get your attention. Can we start again? Come on, everybody, you know. There's a part of me that says, oh, you get, that's not, you don't do that in worship time. There's a part of me that goes, no, this is what we're about. We're about spending time together. Now, if we could spend a little shorter time together so you can do it after the service so I can get to my part of it, that would be awesome for me, but I don't ever want to just push that aside. Because that's that, that we want to get to know each other. Fellowship. It is so it was so important to the early church, because you gotta understand, in the early church, people were losing their lives because they put their faith and trust in Christ. So fellowship was so important. The other thing he talks about is the idea of prayer. The early church prayed. And um, one of the things that's true of this church is this is a praying church. This is a church that takes prayer seriously. This building is built because of prayer. What some of you may not know is before we hung the drywall here, about a month or so before we hung the drywall, I, I went to the congregation and I said, look, we're building this for people who need Christ. And there are people that you're praying for, and what I want you to do is I want you to take one of those little name tags, and I want you to fill it out. Oh, I was supposed to collect those, wasn't I? Yeah, i got to do that before the service is over. I'm not going to let you walk away from it. Oh, they are? They're all at the ends? Okay, yeah. Yeah, pass them to the end of a pew somewhere Yeah, while we're doing it. But I, we, we had name tags. We had a stack of name tags back there, and we had a little box. And in that box, I said, here's what I want you to do. I want, to, I want you, somebody that you're praying for, that they would come to know Christ. I said, they don't have to come here. They don't even have to live in this area. But if there's somebody that you're burdened for that you want to come to Christ, I want you to put one name on a name tag, and I want you to throw it in a box. And when we started hanging drywall, I, we had one guy, Don, we're Don, 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 Don. Yeah, Don, that was Don's job. Don would go on, and after we would cut a piece of drywall, Don would walk over and go, hey, wait a minute, before you hang it up, he'd slap that name on the back of it, and we'd put the piece of drywall up. There are literally hundreds of name tags all over the walls that around you of people that we're praying for, that we want them to come to Christ. We want them to experience what we get to experience. We want them to know what we've, what we've learned. 
We want, to, we want them to find the hope and the joy and the peace and the comfort and the encouragement and the fellowship that we have found. And for some of you here this morning, I don't know, I don't know your story, but some of you, the reality of it is, you may not know this, but you're here this morning because somebody prayed and maybe even got a name tag on a wall somewhere. We didn't pay attention to who it was. All we knew is these are people we're burdened for. And there are people here today that you're here because people prayed for you when we did that building the first time. We believe in praying for each other. And we take it seriously. The last thing he talks about is breaking bread. It's called communion. When I came here, I thought it was an odd practice that you guys did it every week. It was one of the things I wanted to change. I had a lot of things I wanted to change um, when I came here. Um, I thought the whole thing was kind of hokey myself. Um, I was from a big city. We didn't do stuff that way. You know, we did stuff the big city way, not this country thing. And for some reason, I don't know how it was a God thing, but God impressed upon my heart, look, why don't you just sit and learn? So I kind of made this little deal with God. I said, all right, God, here's the deal. And, and this goes against everything you're ever taught in like preacher school. Um, I said, for a year, I won't change a thing. Um, and one thing I did change, we, we did change the Sunday night thing um, because we were fellowshipping all afternoon and then we'd stop and then we'd go to do church. And then it's like, let's meet in the middle of the week rather than just all in one day. And, but anyway, but for the most part, I said, you know, not that I want to change on part of the service thing. And I learned. At the end of the year, you want to know what I changed? We still do it the same way they did it 27 years ago. And it's nothing sacred about it. It just, it just, it worked for us. And one of those things was communion. And I went to the board. I remember having this discussion because I went to some of the board guys. I said, look, why are we doing communion every week? I mean, background I came from, you did it once a month or once every three months. I think that's fine. That's enough. And a board, in their infinite wisdom, they looked at me and I said, well, why don't you give us the reasons why we shouldn't do it every week? So I gave them my reason. I said, well, I said, first of all, I said, it can become a routine or a ritual. And they said, you mean like preaching? <laughs> and I said, yeah, but people can do it without thinking. And they said, you mean like when we sing songs? And I couldn't come up with a good reason not to do it every week. And the more I have done it over the years, the more I think, I go to a church and it's not done. It's just odd to me. Because I think it's a great way to end a service. I think it's a great way to gather together and go, you know what, look, I don't care what you got going on in your life, the one thing we all have in common is Christ, and let's celebrate His death, burial, and resurrection. Let's remember His body, which was broken for us, his blood which was shed for us. And as we go into the new week, let's go into the new week saying, Lord, help me to live accordingly. What better way to end a service? So you know what? We do communion every week. And um, we'll do it today. We're going to figure out all the kinks and all the other stuff, and we'll make it all happen and stuff like that. But for us, so every week we get together, we try to do these things that that the people of the way, the early Christians, did from the very beginning. They devoted themselves. To those things. They're things that we don't ever want to change. We want Christ to be the center of this place. If you're here this morning, you need to know the reason people put all the time, money, energy, effort, work into this place is so that you can know Christ as your Savior. 
Other than that, it's nothing more than a fancy social club. We don't care about fancy social club. We want you to know that I don't care who you are and I don't care what you've done. There's a God who loves you. And the Christmas story is that he loved you so much he came to this earth. The Easter story is that he loved you so much he went to a cross and died for your sins on the cross and took your place. And he offers you a gift. But he doesn't automatically just blank it. He's only going to give that to people who want to accept it. It would be like me coming to my wife and saying, buying her some great gift. I don't know. What do you, what, I don't know. What would you want? Other than a new husband. I mean, you know, or, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, one that's not falling apart. You know, one that doesn't run his finger through a saw. Um, you know, I mean, you know, it'd be like me, it'd be like me going out and buying her a brand new car. And parking it in the driveway and saying, hey, honey, here, here are the keys to your car. And she looks at me and goes, uh, I don't want to touch those keys. And that car would sit in my driveway day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and she'd never touch it. Why? Because she's never accepted it. I offered it, but she just didn't want it. And God's that way. He says, look, I'm going to offer you salvation. You want, you want eternal life? You want, you want your sins forgiven? You want a way to me? Here it is. Just, just accept it. And if you refuse to accept it, it's not yours. And you need to understand that. And so it's our prayer that everyone puts their faith and trust in Christ, that they accept that incredible free gift that God has given them that came at a great price. It's our prayer that, and it's our desire that you will take the Bible and you will make it. You will, be a, you, you will live it. You will not just hear it, you will practice it. You will not just read it, you will do it. And so it's so important for us that, that, that we don't just come in here and learn more about the Bible and walk out. As, as one of my professors, my favorite professors used to say, God wants soft, obedient hearts, not fat heads. I think some of us get the idea that the more Bible we know, the better we are. If you don't, look, if you're not applying it, it doesn't matter how much of it you know. We want people who will encourage each other. We want this to be a place of family where when you're hurting, we all hurt with you. And when you're going through a tough time, we're all in it together. And when you come in and you're excited because something great has happened in your life, like we're looking forward to Jess and Peg in in a couple of weeks celebrating 50 years of marriage. And we're going to have a great time because, you know, I've gotten to work with Jess now for this project. So I know all kinds of things to pick at him about. And I'm just looking forward to that. Um, we're going to celebrate together. And we've laughed in here, and we've cried, and we've tried to help each other and carry burdens that are just so unbelievable here. And we have people here who are just carrying some incredible things, and we're trying to help them with it. We have a whole community that needs that. We're going to pray for each other here. We're not going to be critical and and Curtis, we're just going to say, Lord, help them, guide them, encourage them. And every week, we're going to end the morning saying, Lord, don't let us ever forget. You died for us. Help us to go out this week and live for you. And may the world see Christ in us. May we be the Christ that they see. May they come to us and say, look, I want what you have. And we have an incredible opportunity to share with them. So I end this morning with this. 
I end with this idea that as we go from here, 27 years ago, a small group gathered asking God to simply use them. They focused on some very simple things. Reaching their community for Christ. Teaching people how to apply the Bible to their lives. Encouraging and praying for one another. And they wanted to remind themselves and start each week focused on what Christ had done for them. And take communion together. 27 years later, those things have not changed. And Lord willing, 27, 50, 75 years from now, the same things are still being done here. That is our prayer. And we would love, if you don't have a church home, we would love to bring you into this dysfunctional, odd, fun-loving group of people and journey with us together. And watch as we have. Watch God do some incredible things. I had to go this morning as we were up here, and I asked her, oh, he's standing up here. I said, 27 years ago, is this what you had in mind? And I walked over to Juanita, who was playing the piano. I said, 27 years ago, is this what you think? She's like, this is, she said, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> you know? I asked Marcia, and she said, it's so wonderful. You know what it was? There's a bunch of people who said, okay, Lord, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to trust you, and we want you to use us. And we're all here because of that. And there will be other people who come, because you and I do the same thing. Thanks for being here. Um, thanks for being a part of it. And uh, I've always said, believe it or not, this is not the high point of this ministry. The best days are still in front of us. And I just don't know how it can get any gooder, but all right, I'm, I'm in for the ride. I'm in for the ride. And um, let's let God use you this week. And if you don't know Christ, please hear me. Please talk to somebody. It is the most important decision in your life. Let's pray. Lord, thanks. Lord, we're in awe. We're in awe, Lord, not just that we get to gather here with this group, but more importantly, Lord, we're in awe of the fact that you loved us, that you gave your life for us, that you offered us salvation, that, Lord, you want to work and use and mold and shape our lives. So, Lord, we just sit back and thank you for all of that. And, Lord, help us. As we try to go out into this week, may we encourage, may we build up, May we pray, may we live out your word in all we do, and we will give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In your great and precious name, amen. Uh, let's stand together, and um, we're going to sing the first verse, the church's one foundation. Let's stand together.